Entertainment capital of the world. That's what you want to know. It's the TC Martin Show. Yeah, I don't know that idea. <laughs> Diagnosis. I had an idea, and then uh... prognosis. Yeah, I take the serious. Osmosis. Why is it funny? It wasn't. It wasn't funny. I wasn't laughing about it. Yeah. It's not funny. It's not fun. Nothing's funny. Don't you ever talk about me? Yeah, I don't know that idea. That's the result you won't get. It's the doctor, TC Martin. I don't go out there and laugh. laugh the doctor laugh. is now in. Oh yes, it is. It's a Tuesday, our favorite day. Vent, frustrate, bring it on. TC Martin, I'm Chuck here on the other side, making it happen here. What are we talking about today? Food? Coaching changes. Coaching changes. Food. Food. Some terrible stuff. A lot of terrible stuff. Get on all that today. Glad to have you with us here on a terrible Tuesday Edition NFL playoffs. We'll dive into that as we get ready for the championship games coming up on Sunday. We are down to four. The road to Vegas. You know, we always have like the road to the Final Four, the road to the Houston, New Orleans, Phoenix this year for the Final Four. We have the road to Vegas. Four teams. Who do you want to see in Las Vegas of the four teams remaining? Are, are you asking me? I'm just asking to everyone who's listening. So you're listening. I'm glad you're paying attention. I mean, I yeah. kind of want to see Detroit and Baltimore. Kind of? Kind of. I mean, it's... Wow. You don't want to do that. I do, because I would love to see the the ratings afterwards. They'd be high in Detroit. They'd be high in Baltimore. Yeah. I mean, Baltimore is not a big media market. Let's remember no. that. Yeah. So, I don't know. It's Vegas been waiting for the Super Bowl for a long, long time. It's great that we are going to have it here in Las Vegas. So you want a pristine Super Bowl, okay? You want to have a good Super Bowl. You want to have a competitive one, but you want some name recognition. You want some marquee teams in here. And Does, does that mean that the doctor is going San Fran KC? I would love for San Fran KC. I think San Fran Baltimore would be a nice Super Bowl, but just from... We're talking about uh, audience perspective, where you're talking about just you know off the charts. It's San Francisco and Kansas City. That that would do the trick. San Francisco Baltimore would be a great Super Bowl and would get a lot of hype and would get a lot of love. How about this? And it's a rematch too. What is the best football game? The best football game. The best football game out of the four. Either one of those two teams, either one of those two games I mentioned, San Francisco, Kansas City would be fantastic. San Francisco, Baltimore would be fantastic, really. And I think the point spreads would line up very similar to that, where San Francisco would probably be a slight favorite. Now, if it's San Francisco, Baltimore, remember these two teams played early on in the season, and Baltimore spanked the 49ers. The game was in Santa Clara, and the Niners just got beaten down. Baltimore is a more physical team than them. So you kind of feel that, okay, that we're going to have a rematch with that. And everyone will jump on that and they'll say, oh, Baltimore beat them, you know, already this year. What makes you think San Francisco can do it, especially with Brock Purdy? 
And I think a lot of it has to do with how Brock Purdy performs this week because Purdy was not good last week until the final drive. And he was good because he didn't turn it over, but he did complete six to seven passes on that final drive. But it's Christian McCaffrey. It was Christian McCaffrey time. So Niners are, you know, it's funny how we look at these NFL teams, like any team really. And it is like, okay, you're only as good as the last game. And fans, for the most part, remember most about the last game. And the 49ers were life and death to win that game. You can make the argument that the Packers should have won that game. Totally get that. Totally understand that. And I agree with that. But we know that the 49ers are a better team than the Green Bay Packers. But any given Sunday, right? Any given day that they have a football game, any team can win. And that's exactly what uh, happened. Um, you know, it's happened so far. So we'll see. We'll see. But I think, yeah, San Francisco, Baltimore, I'd be very intrigued with that. And of course, you know, now because it's in Vegas. So I think a lot of Vegas fans really want to see a good Super Bowl. I mean, think about it. If you're paying the minimum to get into Allegiant Stadium for the Super Bowl on February 11th, minimum is 2500 bucks. Minimum. If you're paying 5 to 10, 20 grand for a ticket, you do not want to see Detroit against anybody. You don't. Yeah. I mean, Lions fans do. Some people do. But I'm getting messages from people that do. Could all see when. Is he blowing up her phone already? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, the disrespect, right? No. Here it is. The Lions are playing great football. They are. They really are. And in kudos. And I had them last week because I thought, okay, great matchup for them. But. They were life and death to win that game. My biggest question mark with the Lions, and even Lions fans know this, Jared Goff can implode at any time. You know it. All right? I feel good about the running game. The dual-headed monster with Montgomery and Gibbs. I like that a lot. All right, St. Brown, like him a lot. Laporta, tight end, like it a lot. But now the Lions got some injuries. All right? They got some injuries. They need to get themselves another tight end. Well, we know they signed Zach Ertz to back up Laporta because their backup tight end got hurt in that game. And then you lost your offensive guard. Center got hurt in that game as well, too. He came back to play. But if you're missing any part of your O-line and uh, a pass-catching threat, you're in trouble. Now, like the 49ers, Debo Samuel, 50-50 whether he's going to play or not. And we saw with him going out of that game last week against Green Bay how much that hurt the 49ers. I mean, they just really became one-dimensional for the most part and had to rely on McCaffrey. And McCaffrey was banged up in that game too. Right? He had a thigh injury in that game. So Jennings stepped up. And the Niners, they're deep at receiver. Not a lot of household names, but Brandon Ayuk is fantastic. But when you don't have Debo Samuel, that just that takes away such a weapon for the Niners. Not only as a pass catcher, but as a blocker, because he can get out and block, you know, on those, you know, uh, running back uh, sweeps and the end of rounds. 
And then you've got Debo Samuel, the running threat as well. And then, you know, when you look at what he does to defenses, all right, he commands double coverage every time he's there. And when you took him out of that game against Green Bay, it was definitely deflating for the 49ers. And the Packers had a chance. So they're going to need him to play. They are definitely going to need him to play. Even if he's not 100%, just his presence on the field, that's a big deal for the 49ers. So no disrespect to, to, to Detroit, but am I going against Detroit? Yeah. Yeah. Because I don't think the 49ers are going to throw two clunkers in in a row. Even though you could maybe make the argument that Jared Goff is better than Brock Purdy. You can make that argument. Might agree with you on that because we need to see Purdy get this done in big games. But I think where this game is won or lost, it's with the Lions secondary. Plain and simple. What are they going to do? And especially if Samuel is there, how are they going to defend San Francisco? Can they put pressure? Can the D line, can Hutchinson, those guys put pressure on Purdy? Okay. But it's the secondary. That is the, that is the weakest part for both teams in this game is the Detroit Lions secondary. All right. So that's what we, we need to see here. But yeah, from a Vegas standpoint, you're going to a Super Bowl, you're buying tickets, whatever. You know, do we want anybody but KC to win this? Honestly, as like, cause, you know, it's that's our rival. That's a rival for us. When you say us, you're talking about Raider, Raider fans. fans. I'm not. Right. I'm not saying I'm a Raider fan. I'm just saying, like, for the city, I, I think it goes. You know what I'm saying? Like, I see. I I I hear where you're going. So, like, let's put it this way. I've heard that narrative before. I get it. Let, I don't subscribe. Let's put it to this it. way. Super Bowl next year. They're in Chicago. Yeah. Not gonna. Have, it, it's not in Chicago. Green Green Bay makes it in. Yeah. Do I? Am I anti-Green Bay because I don't want them to win? That's a juvenile behavior. It is. You know, it's kind of goofy. And now this one. KC is undefeated in Allegiant. I know. <laughs> I know. So, I mean, does that... Guess what? So is San Francisco. True, but... <laughs> but, <laughs> but I know you play here. But they, they play here more than of course. San Fran does. Yeah. Yeah. I think Raider fans who have distaste distaste for the Kansas City Chiefs, I get that. But Raider fans aren't going to the Super Bowl. Got to remember that. I mean, there was They're that. not going. The no. Super Bowl is, is corporate as I bet comes. you there's, there's going to be Raider fans there. People that have won tickets through. Or bought tickets. Or bought tickets. Yeah. There, there's going to be, because yeah. they're football fans. Yeah. But, I mean, KC is petty enough to where they had that construction worker bury that flag underneath Allegiant. <laughs> yeah. I mean, come on. Well, that goes to the rivalry between the Raiders yeah. and the Chiefs, okay? Just because your city in your stadium where you play at is hosting the Super Bowl. I mean, it's not buying. It's no, not like I, no. you're going to have a whole bunch of Raider fans. Anyone who's been to a Super Bowl, it is as corporate as it gets. Yeah. It's corporate and it's ticket scalpers. And seeing the little that's pictures all, that I've seen that's already. exactly what it is. Completely yeah. different already. Yeah, you could count probably on four hands how many Raider jerseys you will see people wearing to the Super Bowl. Probably. Yeah. You'll see a plethora, an array of people, you know. You know, you'll see people wearing Bill's jerseys. Yeah. 
ran, I mean, you know, just to, hey, I don't, I, I really don't have a team, but I, I'm going, I'm going to the game. So instead of just, you know, wearing a white shirt or a blue shirt, I'm going to wear a jersey. I mean, you get that. So I don't know, but no. What would give you the best Super Bowl and what would give you the best Super Bowl experience? San Francisco and Kansas City. Yeah. It, it really would. No, that's 100%. There, there's so much history here. You know, going to bring back Joe, Man, Joe Montana. What jersey is he going to wear? Gonna, you're going to see half and half Joe jerseys. I'd love to see Half that. KC, half SF. That'd be awesome. See, so you got that kind of stuff. Yeah. That's good. But Baltimore right now is a beast. But they're going to have their hands full. So really looking forward to both games, though. And if the Lions get to the Super Bowl, I think it would be a great story. And the way the 49ers played last week, if the Lions bring their A game, they could pull off the upset. But I'll remind you this. The Lions have not played outdoors in about a month and a half. You go back to their last six games. They had a bunch of home games. They were playing at Minnesota, at Dallas, and the last true outdoor road game they had at Chicago, Soldier Field, or whatever they're calling it now. And they lost 28 to 13. I think it's Soldier Field. That's a big deal. It's a big deal. And now you're going to San Francisco. Sure, it's not ultimately cold weather, but you saw the weather last week that you had with that rainstorm coming down. And we could see more rain. Coming up in in Santa Clara on Sunday. I know we did the weather report yesterday. Have you uh, have you got a chance to get in your helicopter and I have go back? Been able, I've not what? been able to get in my helicopter oh, yet. Wow. I'll, I'll by the end of the show. I will yeah, though. Yeah. All right. There you go. I want. I love that meteorologist report. And by the way, are we yes. going to ask our guest today? Yes. About the weather in Detroit. Yes. Yes. That's 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 prominent. Okay. That's probably the only reason I'm having him on the show. Thank God. The guest list today. TJ Reeves will join us from Tampa Bay, who just got done covering that game between the Bucks and Detroit. I'm sure he had his long johns on all bundled up, these Florida wusses out there. I mean, come on, man. Bundle up. Uh how was that trip? So we'll we'll get the report from TJ Reeves and we'll also get the thought process on Todd Bowles not calling a timeout in, uh, in, in at the end of that game. All right? He will join us today. The big seven-footer, Big Bill Cartwright, will join us as well, too. And when we had Big Bill on the show last week, if you remember, it was when the story broke regarding the Bulls' ring of honor, and we talked about that. It was a terrible Tuesday, right? So I thought we'd bring Big Bill back today because after he got done talking with us, he wrote a letter. To the Chicago Bulls organization, Yahoo Sports picked it up um, and printed his letter and talked to him about it. And he was very adamant that uh, did not like the treatment by Bulls fans against uh, in the name of Jerry Krause and uh, his wife who was there. And of course, Jerry Krause been deceased since 2016. It was an amazing letter. I read it. I was just uh, in. Yeah. Yeah. So we'll talk to the big seven footer about that today. All right. So uh, a lot to hit on today and take your phone calls. If you like to, if you want to talk a little lions, you want to talk about anything else? 702-221-7283. Always love to hear from our callers out there. And all week long, we'll be previewing the AFC and NFC championship game, but we know what day it is. 
It's Terrible Tuesday. That's terrible. Things gone wrong in the sporting world. That's a terrible idea. I want to know what the hell he's smoking. Something stinks in here. That's terrible. <laughs> it's Terrible Tuesday. Things gone wrong in the sporting world. All right, we'll get to more of the story at the bottom of the hour, but in Tampa Bay, Todd Bowles, uh, I don't want to say under fire because that might not be proper terminology because he's not under fire as getting fired, but just under scrutiny a little bit, under questioning for not taking a timeout in that game between the Buccaneers and the Lions because the Buccaneers could have had the ball back with around 12 seconds to go. Now, a lot of people saying, big deal. Others saying, not that big a deal. Well, you know what Todd Bowles is saying? Todd Bowles is saying, the game was over. You know in that voice that he... We heard numerous times last week about the reporter. About well, you know the game is in a dome, right? You know, uh, we're playing in a dome. Um, we're going to be outside for about uh, 20 seconds. Uh, coming in off the bus, going underneath. Yeah. So when he was asked about why didn't you burn a timeout? Now, the situation, remember, that the Lions... We're down eight points. Rather, I'm sorry, the Buccaneers were down eight points. All right, Todd Bowles, the head coach of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, um, could have used a timeout and forced the Detroit Lions to kick a field goal, a long field goal. And instead, he decided the game is over. Here's what his reasoning was. Bowles says the game was over. It's not a gentleman's agreement or anything. They were in field goal range. We would have 12 seconds calculated after using that timeout to come back from it. Then we would be down 11 points. So it's kind of pointless. You kind of know when the game is over and the game was over. Let's hear, let's read that back. He said that we would have been down by 11 points. It's kind of pointless. How do you know? That Detroit, that Detroit would have made the field goal. I mean, kickers, as we've seen, hit and miss. Playoff games. Wide Season right. on the line. Wide right. I get it. Wide right in Buffalo. Wide right in 12 to 13 mile per hour winds swirling. It's a little different than the cozy confines of an indoor stadium. They were indoors. Yes. It wasn't 20 degrees? We weren't sure if it was 70 or 72 on the thermostat, what it said. We'll say 71 for the sake of conversation. I wonder if TJ knows that answer. didn't we see... Good point. I'll ask him. Did we see a missed field goal in that game? No. Did we see a missed field goal in the Buccaneers? Oh, there was Lions one. There was game? one. Nothing is taken for granted. So he said we would have been down by 11. So it's over. You don't know. How about this? Bad snap. How about blocked field goal? Did we see a blocked field goal last weekend? Couple. We sure did. Yes, we did. It's there. It happens. Bucks were down 31 to 23. Mayfield was intercepted by the Lions. Derek Barnes with 139 to go. Jared Goff proceeded to take a knee on three consecutive snaps with the final Neil Diamond at 37 seconds left. Their center snapped the ball with 14 seconds left 
on the play clock. What are you doing? I'll tell you why that happened. They haven't been there before. They hadn't been there before. These are these teams. Dan Campbell, what's he doing with some of these, you know, taking timeouts? You hear me talk about it all the time. Unnecessary timeouts, play calling. What are you doing on third and one and you're sending golf back for a drop back? A drop back? Run the ball. You're at midfield. I'm talking about right before the first half. And you get nothing out of it? Are you kidding me? No, it's this kind of stuff that irritates the heck out of me. And people pr- give too much praise to these ham and egg coaches that are still not used to calling plays. They're still not used to game and clock management. But people want to rave about Dan Campbell. They want to rave about Antonio Pierce. Where were they at in the field? Do you remember? I, I forget where they where? were. When? In w- what time? The, the missed time or the the non time no timeout. You're, you're talking about later, yeah? Because I just reverted yeah, back no, I know. to the first half when you were, you know, yeah, in midfield. Um, it would have been, I believe, a 40, 42 yarder because they missed a thirty-two yard field goal. Thank you. Earlier in the game, Shankopotamus, exactly. So, Dan Campbell says, "Yeah, look, well, first of all, we didn't handle that whole thing on our end. We should have bled more of the clock than we did. Look, I'll be the first to admit that." But that's on me. But yeah, we knew they had a timeout left. I could tell he wasn't going to call it. Just by his body language, you could tell. And that's how it ended. Now, if Todd Bowles used his final timeout, the Lions would have attempted that final field goal. Bowles just assumed the field goal would have been made. But there's no guarantees with Michael Badgley. Would have made the kick a 49-yarder. 49 yards! That's how far that kick would have been. Five for 13 is Badgley. 39% on kicks of 50 plus. Kicks precisely at 49 yards out. Badgley three for four. But did have a miss against the New England Patriots in week 15. I don't know. Well, that was back in 2021. So anyway, a little strange, but uh, Todd Bowles having to answer questions about that. All right. Tristan Thompson is back in the news. I saw this. Tristan Thompson in our studio yesterday. He's in our studio And yesterday. he walked out. He walked out. He just walked out, and he, I think he kind of said goodbye. But Tristan Tom- Thompson suspended 25 games without pay by the NBA and by us for violating the league's anti-drug policy. Now, according to the NBA, Thompson tested positive, and I'm not going to even attempt to uh, pronounce this. Ibutamorin? Ibuprofen? It's not ibuprofen. No, ibuprofen's like acetamine or something like that. I know, but it it looks like ibuprofen, but it's spelled because it's an I and a butt, and it's ta, and then it's morin. There you go. Yeah, look that up. I-B-U-T-A-M-O-R-E-N. Yes. I know our people working in doctor's offices and the healthcare profession, they know. Call in. That's fine. All right. It's a growth hormone. All right. And how about this one? SARM LGD. Isn't that a TV? 4033. Set. Hut. Hut. Nope. Offside. You jumped. Commonly used by bodybuilders and weightlifters for muscle enhancement. How about that? Uh, yeah. Can I get some uh, SARM LGD? No, not the Panasonic. The, the LGD. Yeah. Uh, 4033. Yeah. Uh, I'm a bodybuilder. 
weightlifter. No, I'm a basketball player. Tristan Thompson suspended for 25 games. Wow. Handing down a little little penalty there. Pretty, pretty interesting. So we'll continue to watch that story. But come on, man. You don't need to be doing this. All right? I understand you're 32 years old. Your time is is winding down. You still should have a few good years left. You don't need to do this. What are you trying to gain here, right? I don't. I don't, I don't understand. For basketball players, you got to know what you're putting in your body, and you shouldn't be putting any muscle enhancements or growth hormones in your body. Just play the game, man. You don't need that. Tristan Thompson, a little disappointed with you on that. All right. College basketball, one of my favorite universities over the years, is Chicago State. You're looking at me like, what? Yeah. I love Chicago State. The Chicago State Cougars. Why were they one of my favorites? Because I love talking about them, love betting against them, because they are the ultimate doormat in all of college basketball and have been for quite some time. If you've ever been by Chicago State, you wouldn't even recognize that it was a university. State College. Chicago State. What are their colors? Green and white. What's their mascot? Cougars. On the side of the freeway, it's a mess. Why am I talking about Chicago State today? Well, because I think their basketball program is in an all-time low. We remember those seasons where they would go Two and twenty-six. They'd go three and thirty. I mean, you go back into the nineties, early two thousands. I mean, just atrocious. Remember, they were in the whack for many years after being an independent. They're in the Mid-Continent Conference way back in the day with UWGB and other teams. Then they went to the independent route. They just can't find a conference. They can't find a home. Well, they were in the whack. And the WAC would have their tournament here at the Orleans. And it was a hodgepodge of teams from all over the country. It used to be the Western Athletic Conference, which was a great conference. And it's high-profile conference way back in the day. Some great UTEP teams and other teams that matter. So anyway, heck, UNLV was in the WAC for a while. Right now, they went back to being an independent. I guess... The WAC didn't want them, couldn't pay their dues. I don't know what it is. This program has never had any decent players. They don't have any money. And I wonder right now why they're even attempting to play college basketball. They had a game the other night. And they played, ready for this? East-West U. You like that? East-West U. Central U. East-West U. East-West U is Central U. <laughs> Look it up, please. Where is East-West U? All right? You got a 50-to-1 shot. Tell me what state they're in. Because even I don't know where East-West U is. I'll play a guessing game. All right? How many guesses do I get? I'll give you three. Is it major state? Yeah, it is. East-West U, I would think it would be in the center. So let's say Nebraska. Yeah, that's a horrible guess. They wouldn't have it. They wouldn't have that there. Ohio. I thought it might be kind of close to Chicago. Illinois. Ding, 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 ding. Chicago, Illinois, it is. That's why they're playing East West U. Do you know what the final score of this game was? No. Uh, Chicago State, they got a win. 
because they played East West U. They won this game 135 to 51, I believe. Yeah. Have this one written down. 135, I'm sorry, 131 to 55. Do you know what the attendance for this game was at Chicago State at the Convocation Center that seats 7,134? The attendance was, can I get a drum roll, please? You can, but you can't. But I don't want you to do that because that's exactly that, that's embarrassing. Go ahead and guess. Now, I know I'm seats all... 7,000. Yeah, 134. I'll go 3,400. 3,400. And I'm, I'm, I'm going to go way off. E- I, I'm e- way off. You're way off. Yeah, you can't yeah. 27 people? Not. 94. Not bad. 94. 94 people at this game. But this gets worse. And their last eight games have been on the road because they don't even want to have any home games. But they've had had, I believe... Nine home games this year. I'm going to read you the attendance for the Chicago State Cougars home games. 693. Oh, that's a big game. 72. Oh. The next game was 127. 116. 111. This is the number of people watching a college basketball game. A D1 college basketball game. They followed up that 111 with a 76. 107. In the first two games of the year, 233 people. The second game, 275. So at least they started off decent. <laughs> decent? But they have a good they have a good opponent coming up set or Sunday. They do? They do. The the Blue Demons are coming to they're, town? They're playing Xavier. They're playing Xavier. Oh, wait. It's Saint Xavier. <laughs> oh, that's a different Xavier. <laughs> that's a different Xavier. Yeah, let's look at the schedule. This is the most pathetic basketball schedule I've ever seen. Chicago State. It's a dump of a campus, a dump of an area. It's just downright bad. Do you got the schedule in front of you? I'm getting it right I, now. All right, because I want you to kind of to to read off. Okay, so they play. Oh, that. So they played Saint Xavier last week. Yes, they won 108 to 58. Yeah, they should. They, okay. they, they should beat them. Does Queen D E Q D D U Q U? Will you stop it, Barry? You're, you're not talking about Duquesne, are you? Duquesne from Pittsburgh? Yeah. <laughs> that's that's a big school I'm, for, on the Chicago. But then again, you're probably getting a paycheck for that. Yeah. Okay. Then they play uh, SC State. SC State. Yeah. What, what are you talking about? SC South Carolina State? State. Oh, South Carolina State. Come on, man. They play Eastern Kentucky. Yeah. And then they play IU Northwest. Wow. But let me tell you the schedule that they have played thus far. All right. You go back to those attendance games that we're talking about. All right. At home, Aurora. They played at Utah Valley State. They also played Stanford. Troy, Stanford, Valpo, which I can understand, Central Michigan, and then it got really bad. 
What is a UTRGV? A UTRGV. UTRGV. UTRGV drilled them 83 to 64. All right. Then they played New Mexico State where they had 200 people there. All right. Roosevelt where they had 111. <laughs> that is the University of Texas Rio Grande Valley. There you go. There you go. Yeah. This, you know, Kansas City, not the Chiefs. That's just Kansas City. Grand Canyon. NMS. Oh, just just bad. It's just bad. And you're getting nobody at these games. Chicago State. Keep an eye on them, okay? Because they play somebody decent, which they rarely do anymore because they're an independent. And nobody wants to play an independent. Chicago State Cougars. Average attendance. 179. 179 people in a Division One. College basketball game. Those are some terrible Tuesday takes for you. Hit me on Twitter at TC Martin 21. We come back. We'll talk to TJ Reeves. Get a recap of the Detroit Tampa Bay game from the weekend. Oh, we'll find out who in the world is the meteorologist who has let into these press conferences. Sacramento Sports Hall of Fame celebration is back Sunday, February 4th at Thunder Valley Casino. Meet and greet the class of 2024. Matt Barnes, James Donaldson, Leon Lee, and Jamie Whitmore. Don't miss Sacramento's best sports night of the year. Food served between 6 and 7 p.m. Live entertainment with comedian Dennis Caxiola. Get your tickets now at Ticketmaster.com for the Sacramento Sports Hall of Fame celebration Sunday night, February 4th. All info, go to SacSportsHOF.com. Turn your head and cough. Here's the doctor, T.C. Martin. All right, looking forward to the AFC and NFC Championship Games coming up this weekend. And you know, we'll be Friday at our Friday home inside the Westgate Las Vegas at the world-famous Superbook. The crew will be there, ready to go. Best bets and a whole lot more previewing. Those two games and who will be coming to Vegas for the Super Bowl. Make sure you come on by and join us. Great food. Great 4K video wall. And also tickets on sale right now for your big game extravaganza happening at the Westgate Las Vegas inside the International Theater. And also you can get your tickets early now for March Madness, which is on the horizon as well. No better place uh, to view those games and have a great time than the Westgate Las Vegas. All right, let's go to Tampa, Florida, and uh, talk to our good friend T.J. Reeves. I believe he has thawed out by now. He's been back in Tampa after uh, a couple days here, and uh, the season, the football season, comes uh, quietly to an end, unfortunately, for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and our good friend. What is happening, my man? Always good to be with the doctor in the desert, and I will say Detroit was the real deal on Sunday, but the Bucks have nothing to hang their heads about with the way they finished in December and in January, made the playoffs and won a playoff game, eliminated the, uh, let's just say their, their stepson, the Philadelphia Eagles, yet again in the postseason. Time and again, the Buccaneers KO the Eagles, die, Eagles, die, as it <laughs> turns out, in the postseason. Uh, but then the Lions, uh, the, the Lions have some mojo that they haven't had since the 1950s, and the doctor wants to verify you were not covering the NFL back in the 1950s, the last time that Detroit actually won two games in the same 
postseason. That's 1957, Doctor. Before, but Jared Goff before, and company yes, got it done. But much before my time, and uh, I can still uh, vividly see the old highlights of, uh, you know, Lions jerseys uh, rambling up and down a very, uh, what do we say, torn up Tiger Stadium back in the day. Right? <laughs> right. right. Black and white film. Yeah. Black and white film. Ugly cleats. Yeah. A lot of slow motion, maybe some forward passing, not a lot. Yeah. It was, it's been a while. Where's it George has, Plimpton when you need it? Was George Plimpton there? I don't know. It's ama- <laughs> but it's amazing that with all the uh, tributes to Barry Sanders, all the photos everywhere, that he only got to play in the NFC Championship game one time, and that was the last time that they beat the Cowboys and won a playoff game was January of 92, the 91 season. And he went on to play, what, eight or nine more years, and they never sniffed it after that, even with that great of a running back. So it's been dry. Uh, it, it definitely was freezing cold, as we joked, though. Confirmed that it was 72 degrees climate-controlled inside. The Buck sideline guy appreciated that. Yes. And yes. it was loud. I may have my hearing back by February. I'm not sure, Doctor. Wow. You know, we had a tie game at the half. Uh, basically all four of those, uh, games last weekend in the divisional round were close at halftime. A couple ties, a one point game with San Francisco Green Bay and a four point game with Buffalo and Kansas City. How are you feeling? What was the, what was the vibe there as you, you know, headed in the second half thinking, man, you know, this, this Buccaneers team for as up and down as it was for a good portion of the year, even though they finished the year strong, uh, had a chance. You know, to to pull off the upset here and uh, maybe get you know to an NFC Championship game. What was that vibe like for you down on the sideline? It's easy for me to say standing there, but the Bucks tied the game late third quarter with the screen pass to Rashad White. That I'm sure a lot of the audience probably has seen the highlight and or were watching the game. When that happened, it was right in front of me, and I'm standing out there going, they're going to find a way to win this game in the fourth quarter. They just tied it up. They just answered the Lions score with a score, but Detroit was just better. Golf was better. He had some time. Uh, Amon St. Brown is tremendous. Amon Rossi Brown, uh, he caught the touchdown in the fourth quarter on a perfectly thrown ball, but he was open two or three other times for big plays. Uh, in that game, Jameer Gibbs made a big difference as the pass catching back out of the backfield. So that's kind of fascinating on on whether he or McCaffrey will be the better weapon out of the backfield for Sunday when you look ahead, because Gibbs at field level is electric. I did a couple of his college games for Alabama on national radio, but in, in person at field level, he may even be quicker with NFL players. Um, and so that's, a, that's an X factor for them in this game. Aiden Hutchinson is the real deal, the pass rusher from Michigan. The Bucks had all kinds of trouble trying to block him. Again, give them a lot of credit. They didn't accidentally do what they did by winning 12 games and now having won these two playoff games. Uh, but now they have to advance outside of their controlled environment, their loud environment, and go handle it in San Francisco, and I'm not so sure they do. You know, always when you get to games like this, uh, it comes down to coaching moments, you know, strategy, play calling, all that. And of course, you know, there's a lot of talk about what happened there at the end with the timeouts, uh, and also with, um, you know, Jared Goff, you know, waiting to go, uh, actually the premature Neil Diamond, as I like to say. And, uh, uh, 
And How about the idiotic Neil Diamond in this case? There you go. We'll there go you, over that right, whenever you're ready to right. go over yeah, it. We'll yeah, yeah, yeah. So I want to hit that with you as it happened. And then let's talk about Todd Bowles' comments uh, that we you know hear from him regarding saying, hey, the game was over. We know the Bucks had one timeout. They could have technically had the ball with 12 seconds to go. And then his comments today were the game was over. And he was just kind of assuming that, okay, the, the Lions had kicked the field goal. And you know it was an eight-point game at that time, as you know. And then it would have been 11 he goes the game's over well there's no guarantee that the 49 yard field goal in the playoffs i understand pristine conditions indoors but we've seen a miss earlier in that game and kickers have not been great Badgley hasn't been great i want your take on the matter as it was unfolding and then let's talk about the post-game comments that todd bull says the game is over Okay, so there's many different avenues, and, the, and you should know the Tampa Bay media uh, picked up on this and was going crazy on, on Sunday night about should they or shouldn't they. That's because social media was going crazy on it as well. I know uh, in the area of the world where you live and in the gambling world, they were very interested in that two-point play that didn't happen uh, when Mike Evans didn't catch it and it kept it as an eight-point game. And so that that was going to be an interesting dynamic at the very end of the game because the Bucks were now going to be poised, had they scored, to have to get the two to retie the game. All right, so now we fast forward after the Mayfield interception. So that's a dejection moment right there. And they they obviously know that the Lions have three snaps and they have one timeout with 132 on the clock. And by the way, I've been going over this on other interviews and with the stuff, so uh, just bear with me on the numbers because I know it's radio. So there's 132 on the clock. So the first thing is Jared Goff snaps the ball and the clock stops rolling, or starts rolling at that point, 132, 131. At that point in time, I think the Bucks pretty much figured this is it. And so I don't know this for sure, but coaches start taking off headsets, et cetera, uh, and I don't think there was real attention paid to the absolute vapor lock, the absolute brain fart of Jared Goff standing there where they decide to go ahead, walk up to the line, and in this case, because I, I wrote it down, it's 14 seconds early. They trigger the second kneel down. Instead of with one on the play clock, right. they triggered it with 15 on the play clock. At that point, someone should have grabbed Todd Bowles and said, wait a minute, yeah. they were just idiots. They just gave us 14 seconds that they weren't supposed to give us. Now, if we take the timeout, the best they can do is run it down to 26 seconds, which does make a difference. Even worse is that after that, he triggers the next one with 11 on the play clock. Now they've given the Buccaneers essentially about 26 or 27 extra seconds because they didn't let the play clock wind all the way down. Now you got all kinds of what ifs. You know, if you had taken your timeout after the second kneel down, then they obviously are going to pay more attention and burn those 10 seconds. But but certainly, when the third kneel down happened, you absolutely could have taken timeout. But at that time, I think they've taken headsets off. The Bucks have conceded because as soon as he kneeled down, I was standing right there just to the right of the bench as you were looking at it, TV left, and everybody came across the field. They basically had conceded the game. So then after the game, uh, you know, he's got all kinds of emotions going through him. He said, you know, you know, after the game, it was as tough a locker room as he's ever been in to get that far, at least for this team, and, and not win. And so he still got the mindset that was only going to be 12 seconds left. I don't think he was really aware that those two kneel downs had screwed up that right. happened at that point. So there's the full explanation of what happened in real time. 
and you brought it up, and we've been we've been debating it and discussing it. Just because he might have missed from forty eight or forty nine yards doesn't mean that the percentages say he was going to make it. It's an eighty percent probability, basically, in those easy conditions in the middle of the field. Eight out of ten times he's going to make the kick, and if he does, then the game's over. Sure, you could block it. Sure, you could miss. But what was likely to happen? And even still, unless you block the kick, if he misses the kick, you've got about thirty. 30 seconds, 28 seconds left, and you've got to go 65 yards. And that's another huge what-if without a timeout. And you don't have Patrick Mahomes back there. So believe me when I tell you the what-ifs have been played out for the last couple of days for sure. There's no doubt. And again, you know, you cannot just dismiss it because here's the thing. It is a playoff game, not just a playoff game, but this is – your last game of the year. This is the most important game that you are playing right now. And you, you can maybe have that ho-hum attitude if it's week seven or eight or whatever. And okay, I'm a little dejected. So what? Let's just get out of here. We're not going to win the game. We get the ball back with five seconds, whatever. This is a situation where, again, we've seen kickers miss. We've seen blocked field goals in, in this round last weekend. It actually happened. And you have to just prepare yourself to, I'm going to play this thing down to the final snap and the final moment and how much you got to say tj that this is just inexperience on a head coach's part to not have to, to have it calculated and as you said you bring up a great point wait a minute you know okay maybe we thought okay the game is over and the lions obviously they've never been in this predicament at this stage of the year uh this most meaningful game for them so they didn't know what they were doing. Dan Campbell, we've seen, you want to use brain farts, we've seen that with him during the course of his yep. two-plus years, three years now of coaching. I just think that you have to be prepared, and you've got to just play. This is your final game of the season and a chance to go to the championship game. I just say that, man, that is inexperience, and you just can't quit prematurely, and that's, and that's exactly I mean, what it looked it like. Is, it is inexperience on both their parts, and Campbell owned it on Monday and said, we screwed that up and put it on me that we didn't, we didn't pay attention to running the whole play clock down, which they should have on those two plays. Uh, again, the important distinction is the rest is what if. What if he misses the field goal? Well, the likelihood, again, is he's going to make the field goal, and it's an 11-point game. And you can play the what ifs uh, until next Sunday with that. So, Again, the Lions made enough plays at the end of that game. The unfortunate thing that I go back to is that the Baker Mayfield interceptions on second down, Doctor. You've yeah. got plenty of time left. You've got a timeout left. And Baker Mayfield just didn't see the linebacker, Brandon Clark, who had not had an interception, by the way, all season. And he gets one, of course, to clinch the divisional round playoff game because he floated in the middle of the field in a zone and Baker Mayfield is looking left and comes back with his eyes to the right and fires the ball simultaneously and doesn't realize there's a linebacker standing right there. So unfortunate uh, for the way to end it, but Baker did a lot of tremendous things down the stretch of the season, including in that game on Sunday. I mean, my Lord, with his wheels on the one third down uh, play to keep a drive alive. Uh, then later on on the fourth and 14 throw to Mike Evans, and then later the, the touchdown to Evans. I mean, you saw big plays in the fourth quarter from this guy throughout the end of the season to help you win games. And he's going to probably cash in big time with his team on a two or three year deal coming up, Baker Mayfield. Yeah, no doubt. You know, and, and final thing about the way they manage the clock there at the end, you know, think about that. It, most coaches, all coaches, when they have a timeout left or whatever and think, okay, we might get the ball back, they would take that timeout 
you know, right after first down, you know, immediately. And the thing about it is, this really could have worked. uh, Think about it. Uh, Todd Bowles and the Buccaneers' advantage by not taking it after the first down, but taking it after second because the moment they take the timeout, that's when Detroit says, okay, oh, yeah, the the alarm clock went off. Now we have to, you know, use all of that 40 seconds. You know what I mean? So once you do it that, 14, then it's like, oh. It was 1-4. Yeah. It was 14 seconds yeah. on the screw-up on the first kneel down where you're basically going to have 26 seconds left with the field right. goal attempt. So that could have worked. I believe listen, they would, yeah. you know, there's some speculation that they would have pooch punted and punted the ball like inside the five-yard line and said, okay, now go 95 yards in the last 25 seconds of the game. I think they would have tried the field goal. I think they would have said, we're going to try to win the game right here with the kicker in the middle of the field and end it because now it's an 11 point game where even if he misses when he gets the kickoff, uh, you're still at what the, the, uh, 38 yard line. You still got to go 62 yards the other way without a timeout. So great hypotheticals, great second guessing. But at the end of all of it, the, uh, the lions were better and, uh, and now they march on to San Francisco and we'll see what happens. All right. TJ Reeves joins us, Buck sideline reporter. Okay. My friend. So you, you know what the most popular question was, uh, for me during the last week and leading up to this game. And, uh, so everybody says you have to ask TJ Reeves. All right. Now you, you, you confirmed with us. We weren't sure if the temperature thermostat was going to be 70 or 72. You can confirm it was 72, right? That, that, that's. It was 72. Okay. That's All right. correct. All right. So. As opposed to the seven degree wind chill outside the building. Right. Right. Now. As opposed to inside the building. Right. Right. So we must know who was that person who asked the question to Todd Bowles last year and was TJ Reeves at that press conference when the reporter was thinking the game was played outdoors. Second part first, I was not there at that press conference. And the back to back up to the first premise, that's not a person that has an outlet. That's not a person that should have been asking a question of Todd Bowles, mm-hmm. obviously, in right. that instance. Right. So, uh, it, I mean, it's a situation where you got a bunch of people in that room and you got somebody that's trying to sound smart and thinks they've come up with an angle and obviously has not bothered for five seconds to realize Detroit plays inside. So an embarrassing situation for that person. I know who it is. Okay, It's kind of interesting to me that it has not become more prominently brought out about who it is, but that's because this person doesn't really have an outlet. So, And this person's not really big on social media. For example, it's just a person in the local area here that had access to it, and uh, he did he did pretty well handling it. I mean, in, in retrospect, he should have stopped her about five seconds in, or maybe even three seconds in, when he realized she's about to ask me about outside conditions for the game, and it's an indoor game. Yeah. He let her go on, and it made it even worse. It made it even funnier. We did the we did the uh, best we could to laugh that off. Uh, throughout our pregame, saying we're looking forward to this one inside at Ford Field for <laughs> over again uh, for the matchup with, like you said, they used to play at Tiger Stadium, right, out in the frigid conditions, right. just like the Vikings used to play outside at Old Metropolitan Stadium, and it was 
a disaster, so, but not a, not a factor. Climate so, control. So climate. you obviously okay. You know, figure everybody knows everybody in your own media market, and so you know, my best guess was okay. This was a a female who either maybe she was with a television station, or she was in not in the sports department, or it was like nah, it wasn't mainstream media. It was a blogger, somebody who is a uh, obviously a, a casual football fan or not a, a fan at all. That's and, right. As you it's know, category number. Two. Right, and yeah. when we get when we get to Super Bowls, we get all of the nonsense people that know nothing That's about right. nothing. But I figure, okay, now this is going to put you this way: there were two there were two people that I talked to that have been around this person because this person is also at home games who do they do not know the person's name or who this person works for, and they've been around her the entire time. That's that's how unknown the person is that was in there asking the question, and it's a great. You know, media journalism, sports, sports media, one hundred and one situation. That person should not be asking questions, right? In a right. divisional round press conference, the end. <laughs> All right, well, you, you kind of cleared it up for us because I've just, you know, everyone's going, and I'm thinking the same thing. It's like, okay. Well, I thought, I thought at first too when I heard about it, it's got to be a news person, right. like you said, right. because so many of these stations now are, are, you know, cutting back. Outlets are cutting back, but it's a news person that doesn't know. Mm. But this this was not this was not a person that would be ultra familiar because they don't really cover all sports, all the NFL. I know that about this person. And then again, I'm you know, I'm elaborating on it the yeah. third time. That person shouldn't be asking questions in a big time press conference, and there's the reason why. TJ, if you're a if you're a you know, a young TJ Reeves, a single buck, are are you are you uh, interested in dating this person? Uh, what based on football knowledge? What are we based on? <laughs> well, looks, football knowledge, uh, transportation. Football knowledge come into the equation because that's not good. It must, right? Wonder about other knowledge. Yeah. <laughs> oh my goodness! All right, man. Great stuff. All right. Well, uh, by, by the way, when I met and started dating Mrs. Reeves, she absolutely knew that the Lions played in the Silverdome inside. See, that's been, that's why uh, one of the reasons why we went on to nuptials. It, 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 exactly, and uh, there and, 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 and the Reeves twins know all. Of about you know uh, you know indoor dome stadiums and That's and, they, and they they can uh, you know reel off some stats as well too. There you go. All right, all right. Steinbrenner, your man Bob Seeger was right there on the sidelines and they they were cranking up the old time rock and roll with Bob Seeger, who still looked pretty good for whatever he is, eighty eighty five. Oh wow, didn't look too bad there for the old Motown. There it is. There you go. Good stuff. White haired Bob Seeger was in attendance. <laughs> Detroit was rolling out some royalty. Eminem was there. Yeah, saw that. I, I was surprised they went to the uh, the Marshall Mathers card not until the third quarter. I thought it was going to be much earlier in the game. Mm-hmm. But they dimmed the whole lights. I don't know if they showed this on TV where all the fans had the special wristbands that were lighting up in, in uh, sequence with the music. So they dimmed the lights and they rolled that song with all the fans <laughs> with the lights lighting up going absolutely bonkers. They showed him in the suite while the song was going. And I'm like, okay, this is trouble. Got to quiet this down right now. And the Bucks, by and large, did a good job. They did not have a single false start, single pre-snap penalty in that game. They handled the crowd for the most part. It was not the crowd. It was the Lions yep. that were better. An impressive performance uh, by the Buccaneers in this postseason, no doubt about it. All right, brother. Uh, appreciate the time as always. Uh, be good. Enjoy your meal tonight with the Reeves family. We'll talk to you soon. Always love to be with the doctor. You ring me up anytime. You guys behave in the desert. I'm interested in the Friday best bets for the championship games. You guys be well. We got you. There he is, TJ Reeves. We come back. The big seven-footer will join us. We'll talk NBA and more.
Now you're going to bring it up and, and just put salt on the wound? Will you stop yelling at me? No! Live in the entertainment capital of the world. No, no, you're making me nervous, but seriously. It's the T.C. Martin Show. No, listen. Is there a uh, question? You're making me nervous. Diagnosis. Uh-oh! And a foul! Prognosis. Well, that's good. Osmosis. And they'll reset. Novitski again for the lead. Bang! It's the doctor, T.C. Martin. Number two here. We'll talk a little NBA this hour. And don't forget, uh, Westgate on Friday. Come on out and see the show live. Best bets. All that happening inside the world-famous Superbook at the Westgate Las Vegas. Shout out to all the crew over there. Had a great time over the weekend watching the games, the great food options, the 4K video wall at the Westgate Las Vegas. That's where you want to go watch your games, college basketball, NBA during the week. And, of course, we've got the two big ones coming up this week in AFC Championship game at 12 noon, the Kansas City Chiefs and the Baltimore Ravens. Ravens a three-and-a-half-point favorite. And then, 3.30, it's San Francisco hosting the Detroit Lions. Can the Lions continue this uh, run here? Uh, Victorious uh, right now. Two playoff games thus far for the Detroit Lions. And... uh, he will try to go into San Francisco, take care of business. The Niners, a seven-point favorite, but did not play that well against the Green Bay Packers. Got the final drive, got the touchdown from Christian McCaffrey, and uh, looking forward to the matchups coming up this Sunday. All right, let's talk a little football, a little NBA, none other. With the big seven-footer himself, the five-time NBA champion, those Chicago Bulls. The man who is hanging out in Chicago as we speak, Bill Cartwright. What's up, homie? Well, actually, to heat it up here today, I think it maybe got to 35 or 40 degrees. So uh, when I landed here, uh, it was about 15 degrees. So that was a tad bit chilly, but it's, it's heating up. So things are... Uh, Things are actually getting a lot better out here. Look at that. I, I give him the introduction. Do I even ask? It always goes to the weather report. Do you know that? You should have been a meteorologist, my friend. You had to consider that at some point in time. It is. It is. Well, well, you know, I mean, that's, that's a big thing yeah. that, uh, you know, your, 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 your well-being. But this is interesting, too, because um, I was at Froggy's today. Oh, and no, I, Froggy's. Oh, Where's my Froggy's music? Where's my French onion? Let's go, baby. Oh, yeah, yeah. Man. We had some great soup for lunch. What, but, uh, what actually, kind of soup? Hold my, on. What kind of soup did you have? Uh, uh, well, I had the lobster bisque today. Yeah. Now, we know we know you wanted us to have the French onion, and it just didn't happen. But uh, the lobster was excellent. And... Um, that's that's what I pretty much had for lunch. It was just, it was very good. Couple of couple of nice bowls of that, some bread. That's 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 lunch. Right oh, there. that's so. a good lunch. Froggies, froggies in Highwood, Illinois. The big seven footer, his establishment, and the French onion soup. Mwah! Very good. Try the rabbit. Try the mussels. Whatever else they have there, but the French onion soup, outstanding. Oh, that's right. That's right. 
And and you know what's a thing out here? It was this was really interesting. I was reminded by my um, my my partner Gary Lafleur, who was French, yeah. is that this um, um, jumping in the lake, jumping in the lake right now. What? Uh, every day they jump in the lake for five minutes. And I guess that's healthy for you. It rejuvenates your body. It gets rid of soreness. Uh, people lose weight. Um, it's crazy, but it's it's a thing right now. Uh, there's, there's actual groups that come, that go out at this time of the year to jump in the water, and uh, it's 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 pretty amazing. It's kind of so, like the polar plunge. You know, you've heard of that, right? I mean, we used to have a lot of people do that in Green Bay. Uh, there'd be a lot of fundraisers for that kind of stuff. But they do say that, I guess, it invigorates your body. It, you know, it helps soreness. You're right. I mean, you're a guy that probably needs to try that. You know, I don't, don't think the cold, you know, it's, it's probably better than a cold shower. Yeah. I Normally, I wouldn't be against that. But uh, you are in Lake Michigan. Can we do a plunge that's like inside somewhere that uh, that's that's not in a lake or a river? Can we can we do that? Can we find a a, a pool somewhere and plunge in there for five minutes and get out? Hmm. Uh, now, now, if you could do that. Um, uh, that's something you and I should do together. And we're going to do something like that. <laughs> something that can freeze ourselves, you know, and, and basically kill us. Uh, we, sh- we should do that together. You know what I did do? Uh, you know, our, our good friend, uh, Greg Vaughn, Sacramento Sports Hall of Famer, you know, has uh, had his place here in Las Vegas at the cryotherapy place. And uh, I went in there. He says, you have to do this. And you go in there in, in sub-freezing temperatures and and I did that, and uh, I think I hung for three minutes. Hung in for three minutes, and you, I went in there, and you had to have like a little bodysuit on, and I did it to say that I do it. But I mean, it does. And there are boxers that do this religiously. Wait, now did you get just into the the first one? Because there's the pre one that drops down, and then there's the second one that. So it's not like the instant drop. Right, right, right. There's like the, yeah. the, the first door that you go in and it, it drops to like 32 below or something like that. Yeah, yeah. And the second one drops to... I can't. I, I think I just did one. Yeah. yeah. That's... Yeah. But uh, no, it'll, it'll, it'll wake you up. Now, let me ask you, when, when, you're, when you're going into, uh, you know, thinking about contemplating going to a freezing lake or a pool, are you worried about shrinkage at all? Um. That is no. <laughs> I'm worried about that at all. No. Oh my god. I'm sorry. I thought this was the baby's room. I'm really sorry. I was in the pool. Yeah, exactly. That's Costanza for you. There it is. He's in the pool. Exactly. <laughs> Except but, uh, some footers not no. worried about that. No, there you go. No, no, no. I'm, I'm, <laughs> one thing I'm going to thaw out. Everything's going to be okay. <laughs> okay. Oh, nothing that a pill can't fix. You know. There you go. All right, man. Right. Yeah. That too. That too. Right. Now, yeah. Now, um, you've in the last 24 hours, you've seen some nonsense go on. Mm-hmm. 
uh, obviously, in the NBA. The last thing, you know, the first thing that happened is that you had a guy score 62 points and 70 points. And then today, you find out that uh, a coach uh, who had the second-best record in the East uh, gets fired. And this, this is something that confuses me. Maybe you can help me with it. That a coach um, could get fired, but the second best record in the East, um, with a with no explanation. So, can you tell me how that could possibly happen, and why should we put up with this nonsense? Uh, reason for this guy getting fired. And so what the seven footers talking about is the Milwaukee Bucks uh, fired first year head coach Adrian Griffin after 43 games. Oh, by the way, they won last night too. They won 122-113 over Detroit and he gets fired today. There has got to be something going on here behind the scenes because you're you're right. It's not like this team is the Detroit Pistons. How about the team that beats the Pistons, the team that has about, what, 30 more wins than the Pistons, that coach gets fired, and the coach of the Pistons still has a job. What's going on here? I I, I don't get it. Uh, the Bucks are planning to quickly pursue uh, a new coach, and I don't know why. Do you have any speculation here on... On what they're doing. Here's a statement from uh, General Manager John Horst of the Bucks says, This was a difficult decision to make during the season. We are working immediately towards hiring our next head coach. We thank Coach Griffin for the hard work and contributions of the team. That is so phony. I mean, I don't get it. I mean, is it something that just they're looking at, okay, this guy just really doesn't have a clue. Did he lose the locker room? What is it? Is it something behind closed doors where, uh, you know, disagreements with management? I don't, I mean, it has to be something like that, but don't you vet a guy? I mean, how do you hire a guy, especially at a job like the Milwaukee Bucks, a perennial playoff contender, a championship contender, with arguably two of the best players, uh, you know, on the planet right now, on your team, you're right. This makes no sense at all, and they're second in the East. Also, he has he had the best record by a coach to be dismissed during the season. Yeah, so at thirty and uh, thirty and thirteen. So, Bill, let me ask you. I mean, how much have you watched the Bucks, and have you noticed anything either just schematically or what they're doing, or you know, again, you've been in these situations before. What what would be speculation on why they would make this move with a coach at this time? That's what I'm saying. Why why speculate? And why and why are we speculating? No, because it, like, we, we want to try. We want to no, no. I'm saying out. that. No, I'm saying that. Why are we figuring it out? Why can't these guys, the owner, <laughs> GM, step up and say, "Hey, look, this is why we're firing this guy." Yeah. So, so because it's nonsense. So this is what always happens. We, the fans, have to figure out this nonsense with the speculation. And it's, and it's trying to make sense out of nonsense. What's your reason? 
I mean, if you gave, it's not – if you did give one, it's not very good. They didn't give one at all. It's just, oh, oh – No. Yeah, so, uh, so, why, so why are we playing into this? Well, maybe maybe it was a defense. Maybe it was uh, – maybe they didn't get along with the player. Why, why can't they just say – that's what I'm saying, is that we have to make sense out of their nonsense. And it's and it's and they should be held accountable. You know, if if you're a Bucks fan, if you're a season ticket holder, um, if you're a sweet holder, wouldn't you be ballistic right now because there's no explanation for what's going on? Okay, but here's the thing though, maybe not. I'll tell you what, okay, you're thirty and thirteen right now. And we don't know how this guy was with the community, how he was with the team or whatever. And if you got somebody that, say, you're having some secret conversations with, like a Doc Rivers, somebody that you really want that wasn't available, it's like, okay, then I guess that's your prerogative to say, okay, we could get this guy. We could have kind of a Milwaukee native to come back. He played... You know, here at Marquette, hey, you know, we we got a chance to get him. Okay, then I kind of get that. Then you're going to be, you know, not conveying, you know, what the real reason is. I mean, you can't come out and say, hey, we like Doc Rivers better than Adrian Griffin. I mean, you can't say that. But basically, without saying that, they're saying that. Well, why don't you just say that then? Because well, I'm just saying that. And in everything you just said, maybe this, maybe that. Look, we don't know. And they've given us a horrible explanation to why this first-year coach, who's got the second-best record in the East, not not the last, they got the second-best record in the East, who gets fired. So how can they justify that? Let's think about it a second. They can't. They can't justify it. And so what do they do? They give no explanation. We have no explanation. We're not going to give an explanation. We're going to let you guess. And look, like I said, if I'm a fan, if I'm a, if I go to the games, season ticket holder, sweet holder, whatever, I need to know what the hell happened over there because this is bull crap. We got to know something. And we can't. Why are we speculating on this nonsense? Well, this is sheer nonsense yeah, that goes on. But it happens all the time. It, it happens people want to speculate, right? Well, well, see, you're taking it from the that angle where, of course, we're going to speculate because they're not saying nothing. So. Yeah, you said, okay, it doesn't matter if you are in the media or you're a fan, you're a season ticket holder, you're spending money or corporate sponsor, it doesn't matter. You're saying, okay, they, they need to know. Well, everyone would like to know. It doesn't matter if you're spending, you know, a, a million a year in your suite or sponsorship. The explanation should be the explanation. But here's the thing. They don't have to give an explanation. Not, not that I'm on their side, but. They're they're not going to because everybody does this now. When was the last time that you actually heard an owner or a president or a GM give any explanation on why they got rid of a coach? Unless unless there was something out in the public that this person did to you know that either committed a crime or or of that nature. I mean, other than that, they don't have to say anything, and they're not going to because. They don't want to answer the questions, and they, they're hoping it all gets swept under the rug and they can play some basketball. Well, I'm saying that that shouldn't happen. I'm saying that as a media person, you should be screaming about about this nonsense that, that, that goes on. 
that GM should be questioned every single day. Right. They should be flooded by the owner with the questions of why did you let the coach go? Now, besides, the only other thing I can think of besides the, the situation of Boston where the coach got let go, when it was a big secret of, I guess, something happened with some woman. We had to speculate on that nonsense. Anyway, they ended up firing this guy. Of course, he got rehired. He's over a wall. <laughs> but my thing is that usually it's obvious. Team's not doing well. Team's on a losing streak. Team's, team's not playing well. Now, that's normal. You don't have to speculate with that. We're letting this guy go. Right. We love him, but we're letting him go. But our, but we're just uh, it's just not working out. Okay. So you see it. That's what's normal. This is not normal. And I'm saying, as a media guy, you should be screaming because it's not normal. There is no reason. And we have to speculate on sheer nonsense. Well, now is that is that is that not correct? No, that's that that's correct, and you're right. I, I wish that again. If I covered this team as the media, I would be, you know, peppering that question until you got an answer. But you know, we'll speculate, and other stuff will will come out. But anytime something like this happens, and, and you know this probably as well as anybody, this is something that's internal that they saw a confrontation probably with this coach and a player or other players. And that's not complete speculation because if you go back and now if, if you are, are reading some articles or if you go back and you look at the Bucks last game, you know, apparently there was an argument between Adrian Griffin and Bobby Portis. So, okay. And these two had to be separated. So that tells you, okay, wow. So Portis probably went and said something. And again, that's not too much of a stretch. That's that sounds like speculation, but now you look you you look at that video or you read an article, you know, or articles that back that up, then it's like, okay, this is why the guy, you know, did it. But you're right, it'd be nice if the person who's making the firing kind of explains that or whatever. But that's what it has to be, because if you are 30 and 13, but if you feel like, okay. You know, that maybe there's a division amongst players and, and the head coach. You're not going to get rid of the player, more than likely, right? You're going to get rid of the coach, which is unfortunate, but that's what we see nowadays. Well, I just think we're just speculating again, just just what they want. We're speculating on nonsense. Well, we want to know. Happen, yeah. just, see, just, see, just see something happen. What's wrong with that? Right, right. I know, but people what? don't. You know that. They don't. Well, they don't anymore. Huh? So? They, they, people used to have to uh, uh, justify what they did. They just can't go firing guys for no reason, especially with this kind of a team with this kind of a record. And then now you're going to bring in a head coach in the middle of the season? Is that, is that gonna, the, the formula for a championship? Um, hmm. hey, I don't think so. In, in my last you know, look, I mean – <laughs> Doc Rivers goes to a couple of different franchises and it comes with all this pomp and circumstance that he is going to lead this team uh, you know, deep into the playoffs or to a championship, and that hasn't happened. I mean, it hasn't happened. Didn't happen with the Clippers. It definitely didn't happen at his last stop in Philadelphia. And now, you know, he's with ESPN. Now all of a sudden, oh, the Bucks are saying, we're going to give him a shot here. So you're right. It doesn't always mean that you know, even though if you get someone who has more experience, a bigger name, 
or you know, you know, if he's highly viewed in the community, doesn't necessarily mean it's going to be better than it was. But again, if it's if there's some interior problems there, then yeah, it'd be nice to know, and then you can kind of okay, well, I can kind of see why they, why they did that. But I don't know. It's uh, it, but players look at what we're seeing. I mean, we we heard Giannis. You know, saying that, well, he didn't want, like, Nick Nurse as their coach or whatever. Everyone has an opinion on who they want as a coach and who they don't want and all that stuff. And and that stuff leaks out. Yeah, I mean, it just seems like the players really do have a majority of the say here. And I don't know. I mean, how much of that did you run into during your playing days where, or even in your coaching days where you'd have a player or two, you know, try to go rogue a little bit? I mean, what do you do? You know, you, you get rid of that player. You try to put him at the end of the bench. You have a conversation with him. You saw, I mean, it, that's that way on these teams, especially in today's modern age of the, the entitled player and social media and everything else that's out there. How do you deal with that? Well, I'm not buying it. I think that, you know, the coaches and the GM and the owner still have the same amount of control that way. So it's up to them in the, the decisions that would happen. Players, um, players don't get guys on and off teams. That's, that's the GM. That's the GM and owner making, making those calls. So, but we've seen players go to GMs and say, "Hey, man, you know, you don't know what it's like down here. You know, this guy, you know, he's he's doing this. He's not getting the best of us. You know, we got a, a locker room that's in division. I mean, that comes from a player to a GM. Then, you know, a, a GM, you know, kind of speculate. That's that's what happened to the Raiders situation here with their last head coach. It, it, it got up to the owner, got up to Mark Davis, saying." You know, this locker room's a mess here. You know, so-and-so doesn't respect the coach. We're not winning. It's, yeah, do something about it. And that that's how the last coach lost his job from, play, yeah, from player but input. Was, but, that was, but, but that was justified. You, you weren't winning. Right. Yeah. It seems that wouldn't be the situation if they, if they had the second-best record in that, in that uh, mm. side, of, side of the conference. That wouldn't happen. So I'm just saying, you know, we can, we can try to justify all the nonsense in the world. And this is just sheer nonsense. But, but you know, you can speculate all you want. Anything could have happened. Who knows? And, you know, if you do as an owner, as a team, um, the GM, uh, you have an obligation to tell your fans. Those are the people that are out there supporting you. Mm-hmm. So if, if, if they're not going to stand up and demand to find out what happened to their team, um, that's that's what they deserve. Yeah. So it's just it's just nonsense. Yeah, we're, we're going to get rid of this rookie code, second best second best record in the East, and let's just get rid of them. Mm-hmm. Oh, and why are you doing that? Well, you know. Uh, things aren't working out. So what's not working out? Uh, maybe our defense could be better. <laughs> Come on, this is, this is just this is just horrible, horrible for for this guy. And Adrian Griffin is 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 a good guy. He's earned his way. Nobody gave this guy anything. He's earned his way up 
into the league, he deserves better than this. So um, I think it's I think it's a horrendous situation. Big Bill Cartwright joins us. There it is, talking about the uh, Milwaukee Bucks coaching situation. You know, you're in Chicago, all right, and um, you got any desire to go over to Chicago State? Go go catch a game. I'm not sure where that comes from, but I have been to Chicago State. Okay, give me a thought. What do you think of the Chicago State uh, uh, campus, uh, the 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 program, the basketball program? Give me your thoughts. I think Chicago had a big win this year. Um, I don't think they have a lot of money. Right. Uh, the facilities are not very good. One of my teammates actually coached over there, Craig Hodges, years ago. That's right. I remember that. Yes. Yeah. So um, every win is a victory over there, I think. So um, it's just it's just very hard for them, I think, to compete at, at that kind of a level with the facilities that they have. Um, um, it's not. I shouldn't say this, but I will anyway. The safest area in the world, uh, you know, to get off campus. But uh, but it's getting better. So, um, well, I, watch Chicago State. I'm I'm, I'm curious about that. Well, Why are you bringing that up. Well, because it's is a terrible Tuesday, and you know, Chicago State. They were an independent for for many years, and they went over and they joined the WAC. And like you said, it's they don't have a lot of money. They don't have the the, the best facilities. They play in an arena that seats seven thousand. The Convocation Center over there. You've probably been in there. And I remember when Craig Hodges was there. But you now this this. Uh, program has struggled uh the average attendance would you like to take a guess of the average attendance you think that uh, they're getting at home games uh, i do not know it's probably going to be limited to the um players uh, um parents uh so. less than 200 they had an attendance the other night of 84 people they had 72 people there a couple weeks ago uh 94 the highest they've had was uh, the beginning of the season, I guess, 693. But, yeah, they're averaging less than 200 people in a Division One game. And at this point in time, when they, they just keep – they left a conference, now they're playing this independent schedule. They're not even playing, you know, uh, even mm-hmm. mid-range, you know, uh, D1 teams. I mean, they just played East-West U. You're a Chicago guy. I never knew there was an East-West U in Chicago. That's what they play. Yeah. I mean, what's going yeah. on here? It's a uh, how do you get a program back on on track here? But when you have, like you said, just basically family and friends, that's the only people that are going to the games. Uh, they they have not done well. I, I I don't know the time when they have done well. So unless they're willing to spend some money, I don't think they have any yeah, to put it into that. In, into that team, um, it's just not going to happen. So even the teams that teams do put money into, it's hard to win. Right. So um, I don't know. I don't know. If I if I have that answer, I can uh, be the AD over there and win some games. Well, I think uh, so, you should, I think you should so. go over to Chicago State, and you should say, "Okay, I'll take over the program. Uh, you know, I'll donate about you know five million dollars to, to, to get us back up and running, get a nice little PR hit, and uh, there you go. You you can run the whole show over there. How's that sound? 
Well, first you got to talk to my wife about the money. <laughs> so we, we know that's not going to happen. So, you know, unless you can find a couple of big uh, donors or at least one billionaire, right. uh, I don't think that program's going anywhere. I know. All right. So let's keep it in Chicago. Uh, last time we had you on the show last week, you were very adamant and you talked about uh, how disappointed you were. And we all agree with that. Uh, the Bulls fans, the behavior at the uh, Ring of Honor ceremony and uh, you know the treatment towards Jerry Krause and his wife, Thelma, who was actually there, the widow. Uh, you wrote a letter. Talk a little bit about about that. Obviously, it got picked up nationally. And uh, tell us what was in the letter, the motivation behind it, and what has been the response since. Well, I've always felt that there's a certain element that happens. Um, because, as you know, I'd much rather uh, watch and listen mm-hmm. uh, before I speak. And I just that's pretty much what I wanted to emphasize, that there's a time to speak and there's a time to to not speak. And this was definitely one of those times that none of that is justified by, uh, for, for one thing, because of the circumstance of, of, you know, the Chicago Bulls and their credit, they're trying to do something really special, uh, where they're honoring uh, uh, past players and executives in the organization. Um, you know, Phil Jackson was there. Um, Johnny Red Kerr and her family was there. Of course, Johnny Red uh, was the first Bulls coach. Jerry Sloan um, was being honored. Um, so, and along with that was uh, was was Jerry Krause, who was probably one of the greatest GMs of all time. And they chose to to boo him with with Thelma there. And uh, I was fortunate enough. I think we talked about this, is that, you know, to spend a lot of time with Jerry uh, and his wife at his house. Um, Jerry is just a uh, world of knowledge. And you would love this, is that Jerry was a baseball guy originally. So he he and I will talk about, you know, the old uh, um, White Sox when they had uh, – you know, Bill Melton, Carlos May, yeah. uh, one of my favorite players, uh, Wilbur Wood and Dick Allen on the team. Mm-hmm. Uh, so to me, that was like, wow, wow, just to hear about those guys. It was it was tremendous. And uh, just to be able to talk about what kind of person that, that, Jerry, that Jerry was, just very caring. And also, what a great visionary to be able to have an idea of how to build a basketball team. And then to talk about that, Jerry's first hire was Albert Mill and Tex Winter. Uh, Jerry got Bill Jackson out of the out of the then D League, or nobody was going to hire him. He hired him in Chicago to be Doug Collins' assistant coach. Uh, this was a visionary. So when I saw that, it was time. It was time to speak about it. Um, it was very disappointing to hear that in Chicago because the Chicago sports fans, as you know, I think are tremendous. Uh, they have a, a deep appreciation for their players and, and under normal circumstance, uh, uh, their administration and owners have a certain amount of respect. Um, this was not a character for them. 
but um, in hearing about it, um, it was time. It was time that somebody had to speak up for uh, for Jerry. Yeah. So there you go. And you did a fantastic job, you know, with that letter. And again, who are you basically addressing it to? I know you're obviously you're addressing it to the Bulls fans, but was it was it to the organization or just was it to a certain outlet there in Chicago? I mean, again, when you constructed this letter, who'd you send it to? Well, it's just going to go to Chicago, people in Chicago, that they, um, you know, I, I think after it happened, people knew better and were really ashamed of themselves. Um, you know, everybody knows what poor behavior is. Um, when people do something wrong, people already know. When you, do, when you do something wrong, you know. It's not tricky. People know right from wrong. And um, it was just it was just the fact that telling people what they already know. They already know, you know, you screwed up. You screwed up the Bulls celebration. The Bulls were doing the right thing in this ring of honor, bringing back old players, which, uh, frankly, they probably should have done this 20 years ago. Uh, but they're but they're trying to do it now. They're trying to do the right thing, and then this comes up that just uh, it's a black eye on the uh, on that situation. But um, it's over and done with now, and now we move along. Yeah, and, and you're right. We had uh, talked about this before. I don't understand how you you know wait twenty, thirty, forty years before you have a. Ring of Honor, Hall of Fame, or or whatever, especially when you had that immense success even prior to those teams that you were on and coached with in, in the 90s. I mean, you, you had very good teams in, in the 70s and even the 80s. I mean, it doesn't really make sense why you wait till 2024 to unveil a, a Ring of Honor. And, you know, you know, I'm big on Hall of Fames. And if you're going to do a Hall of Fame, you better set forth a criteria what your mission is you know behind all that and i'm i'm not sure you know what it is with with the bulls and some of these organizations but that's where my curiosity is it's a it's a a proud franchise has been around for a long long time and you know it's taking you 50 60 years to to honor people that's that's crazy that's mostly what happens, and it's 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 turnover with the organization, it's turnover with ownership, and there's no personal connection. So, unless people are um, constantly reminded, and that ownership base stays the same, um, that's going to continue to happen. Now, now the team that and they should get note for it, who do a good job with that, are teams like the Celtics. The Knicks periodically, even though they should do it more, bring bring more people back. Uh, teams like San Antonio, they 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 do a good job and to try to stay connected. Um, you know, and to some extent, the Warriors do a decent job of bringing people back. But uh, but that's about it. Throughout the league, there's not a lot of that. But they bring back people back every year. Even though this last year, Portland did a great job. I think Portland brought like twenty or thirty players back yeah. 
at one time. Right. So um, I think it's great. Uh, I think it's great for the team. You know, the sport that probably does the best job of doing that is probably the football guys, where they they bring guys back and 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 honor them in some form or another. Mm-hmm. Um, because um, you know it's a, it's a special thing and it's a special time, whether it lasts uh, a year or two or or, or a decade. Uh, and I think people have a, a great sense of that, whether they even saw the guys play or not. Um, you know, they 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 really appreciate when they come back, and it's and it's just it just brings that brings that history and and brings pride to your organization and uh, just reestablishes it and. And then now your fan base is even bigger now because now you have a stronger understanding of how this organization got built. So, uh, like you, I love I love the fact that um, you know people come back and uh, you know at the Sacramento Hall they might have a strong appreciation for that because you know in growing up uh, we didn't have a lot of role models and we talk about that outside of. Guys like Dusty and Ann Myers and, uh, you know, there, there just wasn't a lot of people. There wasn't that kind of situation. We didn't have ESPN then, but we did have those guys in the paper. And we would watch them, and they were our heroes. So mm-hmm. be able to see them and uh, have that history uh, is, is, is pretty is pretty awesome. You got it. All right, man. Well, yeah. Uh... Be safe there in Chicago, and we look forward to seeing you in Sacramento at our Sacramento Sports Hall of Fame, which is a week from Sunday. And uh, uh, again, a lot of people are looking up to you, you know, too. You know, being an inductee and fans uh, again, you know, em- embracing you just like you were embracing the guys like Dusty and all that. Um, yeah. Well done. Yeah. Well, hey, are, you know, we, are we, are we going to have a, a big feast there? Are we going to have a of course? Uh, no, 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 no hot dogs. But we got. What are we having? Steak? What are we having? Uh, you want me to give you the menu? Uh, so we have. We, yes, I do. Yeah. I want the menu. Oh, you want the menu? Okay. So again, now remember. Now this is not your. We don't do the 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 sit down. You know, plates clanking with the the dinner. Oh, no, no, no. We okay. we do it I don't, right. I don't mind getting up. Yeah, exactly. I don't mind getting up. There you go. So you're, you you go. You know, help yourself. Uh, you've got the high end uh, appetizers. You're going to have the uh, the beef uh, wagyu sliders. You've got the shrimp uh, scampi skewers. Let's see what else is the menu because you know I'm not in charge of the menu. I, I signed off on it. Um, I think um, we uh, uh, with the, the chicken skewers, something else. Oh, and the the uh, the world famous desserts, and we got a couple cold entrees as well too. So we've got about six or seven items between beef, uh, chicken, and uh, seafood, and uh, that's that's what we got. How about we get a donation from Froggies? Oh. Some French onion soup. Yeah, you can, can you bring some of that back? How's that? No, that that, that doesn't care. That doesn't that doesn't do very well for two thousand miles. So. It, it, it doesn't. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Our our uh, our venue probably wouldn't uh, appreciate that. Uh, you know, hey, but great great job in, great job in the letter. And uh, uh, you know, Numchuck wrote a letter too. You know, he wrote a letter to the city of Las Vegas. I don't know if you know that or not, but uh, kind of like your letter. You know, you, you got to do it. Here's Numchuck's letter. It says, "Dear Las Vegas." Uh, F your traffic, 
F the fact that you uh, tear blank down and just to put it back up again a few months later. There you go. How's, how's his letter doing? <laughs> wow. <laughs> you're gonna, you're writing letters to, the, to Chicagoans. Nemchuk's writing letters to, to Las Vegas and, and their people here. Wow, yeah, that's uh, that sounds like a lot of anger there. So that sounds like something else. I don't know. You try driving here, uh, and that customer guy Nubchuck doesn't even drive. <laughs> wow, maybe it's time to get an Uber. I don't know. Yeah, something. All right, brother. Well, we appreciate the time. What's for dinner in Chicago? Well, uh, I'm going to actually have to go over to my daughter's house and. Uh, there's good and bad over there. The, the, the good part is that somebody's cooking. The bad thing is that they're very, very healthy. Uh, so I'm going so to have to bring some salt and pepper over there. Yeah, so boy. Yeah, boy. Have some healthy food, but it's not going to have much taste. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> uh, go get it, man. All right. Uh, we'll talk to you soon. And uh, hopefully you got a chance to see our friend Pete Gillen uh, the other night and uh, Randy Bennett, your boy over there at St. Mary's, as they uh, uh, they came to play you. And, and of course, you saw Daniel Viglione and her crew. That's yeah, you're playing host over there. Oh yeah, we got I, a, I have a question. That's right. We got a I question. have a big question. A yeah. was it that cold that you had to wear a scarf half the game? <laughs> yes, that is. Um, and, and the reason why I wore a scarf in that game was because I wore a scarf the game before that, and DC knows I'm a little superstitious, so. <laughs> And, and and we won. So I could not I was really forced to wear a scarf. <laughs> forced. And of course it, it didn't it didn't it didn't it didn't work out, yeah. but uh but at least I, I did my part. Okay, two part question. A the woman on your right was that your bodyguard? The woman on your left no, she, the left was the bodyguard. Oh, the left was the bodyguard. With the USF, uh, yeah, yeah, she had the green. She and then was, the bo- she was guarding the table. They, they had like a little, a little water and your own little private uh, food and snacks. It looked like that. And then the woman on the right. Did you ever just tell her to shut up? <laughs> no, you know. Uh, fortunately, people are really great fans. So the people on my right. Uh, they're great fans. They're really excited to be at the, at the game. So uh, that's just part of what goes. And on the left, those are the folks that actually work the game, and they actually have a very, very valuable job. They're responsible for the officials drink water. Oh. Uh, most of the officials just drink bottled water. There was an official last game. I drank something that was really amazing. I couldn't believe it. Uh, I had a big, huge thing of orange soda. Hmm. I've, I've, I've never seen that. And a big bottle of orange, like orange crush. <laughs> it was it was it was amazing. Did he bring his own? Like, did he go to the uh, uh, yeah. small store down the street and, and bring it in? Yeah, but it was a big bottle. Wow! So he, he's down in orange soda the entire game. Wow. I don't think I've, I think I've ever seen that. That so guy, that he, was, he, need, uh, he probably needs some sugar to get up and down the court. Yeah, well, apparently. To but, keep up uh, with those dons, I, you know, yeah. I did uh, I did find a lot of humor in that. Mm-hmm. So, um, but uh, yeah, those are, those are, that's, that's, that's my spot. It's right underneath the basket. Uh, I like it. I get a feel for the game. Yeah. And, uh, you know, hopefully next game's going to, Gonna be better. The Dons have two tough games this week. Actually, they go to 
to Gonzaga yeah. and then going to Portland. So this is going to be a, uh, mm. a a really tough week. Uh, hopefully we'll be able to bounce back. We've got great guys on our team. Uh, as you know, we have a really diverse team. Uh, so uh, I'm just looking forward to uh, some great stuff happening this year. And we'll see the Dons uh, here in March like we always do here at the WCC Tournament in the Orleans. Is it safe to say that the uh, you've retired the scarf now since you lost to St. Mary's? Scarf gone? Indoors? Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. The scarf. The scarf lost lost its charm. Yeah. So yeah. Uh, unless it's uh, uh, really really cold, which is probably not going to happen <laughs> because the uh, cold weather out there is probably below fifty. So that's not going to happen. You do realize the temperature um, inside whatever you're calling it now, the old War Memorial, is seventy two degrees. It, it's the same temperature as inside Ford Field in Detroit. So a lot of people may not know that you know these games are played indoors. <sighs> Yes, I know. But the bad thing is that you have to walk to and from the game. That's true. So, um, you know, I didn't, I didn't make that up. So you, you got to get there and you got to leave. <laughs> so again, I'm just, I'm just trying to be prepared. So you, right. wouldn't, you wouldn't want me to come down here all sickly now because I didn't put a scarf on my neck. Yeah, no, we need that. Yeah, we can't have you uh, miss the Hall of Fame. So there you go. All right, my friend, be prepared. Uh, take your salt and pepper, especially the pepper with you to dinner tonight, man. And we'll talk to you soon. We'll see you next week. All right, guys. Adios. Adios. There it is, a live report from Chicago. We got froggies in there. We got Chicago Bulls. We got Ring of Honor, uh, scarfs. Scarfs. Uh, it was great. It's all. Yeah. It was great that, seeing that. That that scarf. I mean, that scarf's got to go. That looked ridiculous. You know how many people said to me, well, "Why was he wearing the scarf?" You know, but with that scarf around your neck, it added ten ten years to your life. And I mean, I feel so bad for him because he's just getting his ear. Oh, you're right. There's, there was this lady. Every time she came and that sat, he was on, yeah. he was just nonstop. Just, you you see this lady just talk, talk, talk. Yeah. And I talked to him about that the next day. And I go, and I said the same thing you said. I tell her to shut up or what? It's like, yeah, she's a fan, this and that. And she was enamored to uh, uh, be sitting next to him. There it is. All right. Come back. Put a wrap on it here on this terrible Tuesday. The Sacramento Sports Hall of Fame celebration is back Sunday, February 4th at Thunder Valley Casino. Meet and greet the class of 2024. Matt Barnes, James Donaldson, Leon Lee, and Jamie Whitmore. Don't miss Sacramento's best sports night of the year. Food served between 6 and 7 p.m. Live entertainment with comedian Dennis Caxiola. Get your tickets now at Ticketmaster.com for the Sacramento Sports Hall of Fame celebration Sunday night, February 4th. All info, go to SacSportsHOF.com. Check out his big stethoscope. Or not. It's the Dr. T.C. Martin. California. All right, tomorrow, Trevor Maddich will join us. It's Steve Berline on this week. We got uh, plenty more coming your way. Paul Gutierrez talking a little about the Raiders. We got plenty on tap for you. And of course, Thursday, Scott Spritzer, Friday, Marco D'Angelo, back at the Westgate Las Vegas. Looking forward to that. All right, a little dinner with Mike Tice, paying up on his, on one of his food bets. I say one of his food bets. Ah, busy week, a lot of work, been doing. And uh, yes, I'll, I'll be, I'll be glad after this tough stretch next couple weeks is over. A lot of work. Me Sacramento too. Sports Hall of Fame. I feel you yeah, on that. I feel working. it. 
and we'll have a good time when it's all said and done. Then Super Bowl after that. So yeah, next uh, busy next uh, few weeks, and it's been busy for the last couple months. So appreciate everyone's uh, support with all of that. All right, coming up uh, this week, like I said, a lot of handicapping and deciding what we're going to do with these games with Kansas City and Baltimore. Baltimore, three-and-a-half-point favorite, and San Francisco, a seven-point choice over the Detroit Lions. In Detroit, like we mentioned, signed Zach Ertz, tight end, backup. He was released by the Arizona Cardinals back in November. So it's very rare that you see someone signed in the middle of the playoffs before NFC Championship game. You've got your roster set. You've got guys in the practice squad that you can bring up. Not the case there in Detroit. And uh, they got some injuries to deal with, the tight end and uh, their offensive guard as well, too. So we'll look forward to see how this all plays out. But, uh, you know, I know that we're probably going to get weather in both games, especially in Baltimore. I just hope it it's decent where you know, you, you, you want to see the players play in the optimum field conditions and weather conditions. And Baltimore's got a, you know, they do a good job, you know, of turf-wise. San Francisco's turf, man. They were just sliding all over the place against uh, Green Bay last week. So they're probably going to have to resod that field and be ready to go here for Sunday afternoon. Sunday, 48. Yes. And rainy. 39 what? and raining. Okay, hold in Baltimore. Baltimore? In Baltimore. So they're going to have rain throughout the game? Throughout the game. Rain yeah. all day. Yeah. See? Not much wind, though. 5 to 10. So not, it's not nothing really. Okay. So Mahomes will be able to throw the ball. All right. And then in San Francisco, you got to beware of Purdy because Purdy has not been good in rain games. You go back to Philadelphia earlier this year, this game here, um, the last week in Green Bay, and then the Cleveland game. And, you know, when you get a quarterback who's messing with, oh, I got to wear a glove, I'm not going to wear a glove. Those are tough conditions, man. Tough. All right, I want to thank the big seven-footer, Big Bill Cartwright, for joining us today. TJ Reeves from Tampa Bay. And good stuff there, you know, recapping the Bucks Lions game from last week and hearing what Todd Bowles had to say, trying to defend his decision not to burn that last time out. All right. So good stuff there. If you miss any part of the show, go to the website, tcmartinshow.com, and following up with what we talked to the big seven footer about Big Bill Cartwright today. Uh, that article is on the homepage, or rather, that uh, interview is on the homepage of uh, his thoughts regarding the Ring of Honor presentation that happened last week in Chicago and booing Jerry Krause's uh, widow. So go back and listen to that in uh, our preview up there as well for the AFC and NFC Championship game. For Nub Chuck, TC San, hasta la vista, baby. We're back at it tomorrow. Hump day, your favorite day, Nub Chuck. Get your humping in tomorrow at 2 p.m.